This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And the Jets are in Green Bay for some practices with the Packers as they get ready for the preseason game on Saturday. So we're going to talk about that practice with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. But Chris, before we do that, let's talk about the big news of the day. Alex Lewis, who's the starting left guard last year, was going to be in the mix for the right guard spot this year. Left camp, he was sort of MIA. He had what was termed as a head injury. We didn't hear anything else after that. He was put on the non-football injury-related absence list, and now that's over with because he has decided to retire. According to Rich Semini of ESPN, it's possible he could try to come back in 2022, but there is no sense that he has any desire to do so at this moment. So there you go, Alex Lewis retiring from football. I don't know what's going on, but I wish him the best in his future endeavors. Yeah, absolutely. We, we know uh, there's been some issues in the, in the past. Uh, so it, it just, he's just got, especially a game like football, you know, we're not, we're not talking about, we've seen more NBA players talking about uh, dealing with certain things and in other sports as well, but Football is such a physically demanding sport. Just go get yourself right. He's he's made himself enough money, uh, the injuries. So just just go get yourself right and focus on that, and then figure out what to do at the next stage of your career. Definitely 
wish him the best. Also wish the best to the guys who were released to make up those first five cuts. Now, to be fair, one of them happened a couple of days ago. We talked about it. Chris Nagar, the kicker, he's out, the rookie out of SMU undrafted. Also, Cam Clark was put on IR. So it wasn't five cuts, really. It was four. We had three others. Who were they? And do you think any of them may find their way back on the practice squad, potentially? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, you remember we were asked about this in the mailbag, and I gave uh, five camp body names. And so I was a little surprised that it wasn't the camp bodies uh, that were getting cut, but I'm thinking that they probably tried to release some of these other guys at this stage to, to give them a chance to catch on elsewhere. They released safety Bennett Jackson. Um, you know, wasn't going to do too much as an actual safety, uh, but special teamer. Uh, the lineman Michael Dwumfor and running back Austin Walter. Walter had a really nice uh, training camp up until that Giants preseason game, and you know he had that one play where he just completely slipped, and it was just a like, yep, all right, that's that you just can't do that when you're trying to make a team. So those guys get cut. Um, it, you know we'll we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, if somebody goes and snatches either of these guys up. I could definitely see Bennett Jackson hanging around and then being added uh, on later. Uh, I could definitely see Dwumfor being added to the practice squad if he doesn't get snatched up, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if some team, you know, I'm not sure which teams are out there desperate for D-line help, but maybe someone gives him a shot. Maybe they give him a shot and then they end up cutting him and he makes his way back here as well. And uh, I had been thinking that Walter was designated for the practice squad. He obviously wasn't going to make this roster with the running backs that they they have now. But he he showed enough in training camp that I thought they'd want to try to sneak him onto the practice squad. So those two guys I could definitely see being on the practice squad if they're still available. And I I could definitely see them looking to add uh, Bennett Jackson as you know, the special team or super depth of, of a safety there uh, and, and just tell him to just stick around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Chris, good news. Elijah Vera Tucker back today. 
only in individual drills, not in team drills, but still an encouraging sign that's something we were really looking to see. And then here's the list of guys that didn't practice today. Adoga, Hardy, Joyner, Moore, Pinnock, Zuniga, Ashton Davis, Phillips, and Griffin. So a fairly comprehensive list of players that were not practicing in Green Bay today, but the good news is one of them was not Elijah Vera Tucker, who at least was back in individual drills. Yeah, I, I absolutely do not expect him to play this week. Uh, he, they're, they're not going to rush him. Uh, as Silas said, they'd like to get him back for the third preseason game, but if they don't, they're not worried about it. They, I think they've seen enough from him in camp that, they, sure, they'd like to get him more work, you know, if he was completely healthy, uh, but they're just going to take it easy and not push it. They don't want to risk getting him there. And then also they have – some work to do figuring out depth behind them. So get these other guys reps. Uh, I don't, how much good is that going to do? Probably not very much because, you know, it's just a simple reality. The depth is not good behind him, Um, but they're going to take every opportunity to see what they can do there. And they're just going to ease Elijah Vera Tucker in. Then they're not going to risk any type of injury to him with just how much, how, light that offensive line is depth wise they can't afford to risk not starting the season with him Brexton Berrios back today as well so that's positive he's somebody that is sort of on that roster bubble but we all expect him to make it just because he's somebody that's a contributor on special teams probably going to take the punts on top of being a depth receiver so nice to see him back But one thing that, Chris, you've talked about being very disappointed with in training camp so far is the pass protection, and that continued today. We've talked a lot about Carl Lawson and how he's given Mekhi Becton a ton of trouble in practice. In fact, let's be honest, he's more or less dominated Becton. And unfortunately, Preston Smith has done very much the same today in the practice. We knew that Mekhi Becton was going to take some work with pass protection when he came into the league, but I think because he did so well last year, we sort of forgot that and raised our expectations. Now we're starting to see some of the flaws. I think what might have happened is that these guys had the chance to take a look at Becton's tape and look where the holes were. And so Preston Smith really getting in there. George Fant and Mr. Fihihine having trouble in pass protection today as well. So that's one area that the Jets are really going to have to shore up before the season starts. I know that you said that Morgan Moses hasn't looked great in camp, but hopefully as he starts to learn the system, he becomes a factor because even though he's better as a run blocker than in pass protection, he's still a competent pass blocker. They're going to need that. And the fact that we're hearing this right now with Preston Smith going up against Becton and with Fant and with Feeney and with the offensive line having had its troubles last year, it's another instance of iron sharpening iron. You'd rather this happen now than happen in the regular season, but it does begin to show you that this offensive line, while improved, no question, has some cracks in it. Yeah, you know, the most frustrating part of um, the discourse around Carl Lawson and Mekhi Becton for me has has been that it's kind of been the only focus on the pass protection on the offensive line. Uh, there's not – it's, it's – it's I can understand how fans would be like, hey, man, our offensive line's great in pass protection, but Mekhi Becton is just having so much trouble with Carl Lawson. No, the entire line is having trouble uh, against – the, uh, in pass protection, the, uh, like all throughout the board, uh, Carl Lawson, 
uh, was given Becton Fitz, and that stood out the most. But the other side, whether it was Bryce Huff, John Franklin Myers, was coming from uh, Sheldon Rankin's uh, inside, it, the entire line has been a problem. Um, another thing is with Becton, again, coming out of college, the, he was much more of a run blocker, much more pro-ready as a run blocker. And uh, his pass protection uh, it was raw. His technique, his fundamentals, he was going to need to work on that. That was always going to be something that was going to be a process. Um, now, like you pointed out, he did have the good year last year that probably raised everybody's expectations and standards. But I will also point this out. Jordan Jenkins gave him fits last year during training camp. Let me repeat that. Jordan Jenkins <laughs> gave Makai Becton fits all throughout training camp last year. And then he went on during the season to, uh, you know, play above our expectations at, at pass protection. I'm not going to be worried. Uh, no, I'm not. I, you can't really point at the Giants game as like, you know, uh, <laughs> like plant your flag in that as to, okay, he's going to be fine because it was against, uh, you know, second or third stringers, the Giants are the Giants also. Um, but when it starts happening in games during the regular season, that's when I'll start being a little bit concerned about it. I'm not going to be concerned about it uh, during practice, training camp practices, whether it's against other teams or not. It's, he's, he's learning on the job. Um, and even if it happens during the regular season, like, yes, I can have concerns about how he's going to hold up this year. It's going to have to be really bad for me to have long-term concerns about him there. Uh, so yeah, I just the the offensive line as a whole, pass protection is going to be a bit of a problem, and it's why he keeps banging the drum here that they are going to be leaning heavily on the run game, and that that's another thing. Typically in training camp practices, they do uh, you know sometimes they do like just regular straight practice, try to drive the field, mixing stuff up. But it's easy to tell a lot of times if it's going to be a run play or a pass play here. When you have a game with this system, when, when you're just running it over and over and over, you're just running the ball down that thro the team's throat, and then all of a sudden you, have to, you hit them with a pass play, that's going to be easier for Becton to deal with. That's it, all this stuff in game situations is going to be different than practice situations. So I'm not concerned in the least until it starts happening in regular season games. On the flip side, though, Chris, while the offensive line is having its struggles in Green Bay, the pass rush looks really good. And that's one thing that we haven't been able to say for the Jets in a really long time. Carl Lawson got in on Aaron Rodgers not once but twice. Bryce Huff did as well. I'm telling you, if he stays healthy, Carl Lawson is going to be a big problem for the Jets' opponents this year. And the fact that Bryce Huff has looked so good so far in preseason and in training camp means that teams are going to have to pay attention to him too, which is going to free Lawson up a little bit. And then, as I've said many times, when you take into account how good that defensive line is up front, especially with Quinton Williams back now, that is going to be a really strong front seven for the New York Jets. Again, injuries can happen, but if these guys stay healthy with Lawson and the way Huff is playing, that could be really fun to watch for the first time in a long time. The Jets haven't had a pass rush that you could say that about in years. 
Yeah, I I also I think that people are still underselling how good Carl Austin is. Um, like, because you point out the pressures and people just say, oh, pressures, pressures, uh, get me sacks. Like, no, that's not how it works. When you're consistently in that top rung of pressures, you're consistently in that top tier. That's the easy – that's what you use to predict success in the NFL. Those pass – the pressures stay re- relatively the same. To get sacks or not depends on so many other factors, including who else is on the line with you, how good the secondaries up there, uh, what, does, who, what quarterback are you playing, what type of offense are you playing – so it's not uh, – people always go, oh, the pressures are worthless. Pressures are not worthless. Um, not only is it forcing the ball out of the quarterback's hands, not only is it shortening uh, receivers' routes, it, it, that leads to rushing the other offense, which is never something you want to do. That leads to mistakes. Um, also, when you put him on a team that's going to have Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankins, John Franklin Myers, Bryce Huff, when you put him around all those ta- types of talents, that, that somebody's getting home. Um, it's going to be uh, on the linebackers and uh, the secondary to make sure that they can hold up for long enough for them to be able to get home, but somebody's going to be able to get home, and he's going to command a lot of attention and with how good he is at using his hands, it's it's going to be tough for any opposing offense to slow him down enough. Uh, the pressures are going to come. There's there's a lot more to it than just that one player on what he's gonna if he's gonna get home and get the sack or not. But I would expect that he's going to be getting a decent amount of sacks this year, and then he's he's also going to command a lot of attention, which will open things up for other players to clean up those sacks. The pass rush looks good. The secondary a little shakier. They did have some moments where they played really well. Bryce Hall in deep coverage was especially noticeable. And that's a great sign, particularly when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. But still, Rodgers was slicing and dicing him, throwing slants and beating up the Jets. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, so remember that. However, this is where the Jets being able to get pressure up front is going to be huge. Because if the quarterback gets time to throw, I know Bryce Hall's look pretty good. But that secondary is still not exactly a strong suit for the Jets right now. So that is going to be key, getting the pressure on the quarterback, making sure he doesn't have a lot of time to throw, because if he does, we're probably going to see a fair amount of what we saw from Rodgers today. Not as great as what Rodgers can do, clearly, but when you're going up against Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and so on and so forth, there are going to be moments where if you don't get to them, you're going to see plays like this that happen with Rodgers today in Green Bay. Yeah, well, also, this is, again, another thing about practice. Yes, it's Aaron Rodgers and, you know, one of the most physically gifted, talented quarterbacks we have ever seen. Um, and he's a veteran. He's been through this. He knows what happens in training camp practice. He doesn't have to worry about actually getting hit. So he can stand in there and deliver throws uh, when pressure's barreling down on him that maybe he wouldn't be doing in a regular season game. Maybe he'd be trying to bail out of the pocket or move around the pocket, but he knows he's not going to get absolutely crushed because there's there's no hitting of the quarterbacks he's even in these drills uh even these joint practices they try to players tend to respect that um you know we've seen we've seen it go the other way in the past but it, it's definitely not something that happens a lot 
Um, so even in this scenario, watching Aaron Rodgers there, it's not necessarily the same thing as a game. And I talk about it all the time with just a regular Jets practice. There's so many times where a play should have been uh, called for uh, whistled dead for a sack, but they let the play go on anyway. Um, but yeah, Bryce Hall is Bryce Hall's looked really good. He's but. No matter how great he plays this year or good he plays this year, he's going to have his moments where he gets beat because he plays cornerback, and his name is not Darrell Revis. Like, he's not Jalen Ramsey. He's not going to be Stephon Gilmore, Tredavious White. Like, not talking about that level. He's going to get beat. He's going to give plays up. But he is taking some strides in his game, and he's, like, looks really, really good for the most part from what I've seen out of training camp. So I expect him to have a solid season, but I know that obviously he's going to get beat on some plays and then fans are going to go, oh, he's a bum, cut him. And okay, that's that's not how the cornerback position works, but you know, that's going to happen anyway. Chris, one thing that you've talked about a lot is that the run game looks sharp and that you expect the team to lean heavily on the run this year. And we saw them continue to do well against Green Bay. LaMichael P. Ryan had a really nice run. So did Tevin Coleman. I think they're going to break it up amongst those backs. You're going to see a little bit of Coleman, a little bit of P. Ryan, a little bit of Carter, a little bit of Adams, a little bit of Ty Johnson. It's going to be a running back by committee effort. But the fact that the offensive line has at least done well for the running backs, even if they've struggled a little bit in pass protection, and that the running backs have cashed in on those opportunities is a very positive sign because it means that there's going to be less pressure on Zach Wilson. If the run game can be effective, then Wilson won't have to carry the load so much. Yeah, and again, when the run game can be as effective as I expect this run game to be, um, and that's going to make it easier to pass the ball. Uh, I forget which which team it was against, but two years ago when the 49ers made the run to the Super Bowl, um, which game was it that they had? They ran the ball like 30 times in a row, just straight, just just over and over again, because they were running for like 30 yards a clip. Like, why why pass the ball when you can get, pick up that many yards every time you run the ball? Uh, the NFL has transitioned to more of a passing league because in most offenses it's more efficient to go ahead and do that. But if you can run the ball at the same type of clip that the 49ers were doing that that year, uh, then keep running it. Um, and then when you do, the defense is going to be so focused on stopping the run that when you do throw in passes, that it's going to be easier for the offensive line to handle and deal with. It's going to be easier for the receivers to get open. And it's going to be easier for Zach Wilson to find the, the open receivers. So they go hand in hand, and that's why I keep uh, banging the drum that they're going to lean on them. They're going to lean on them. They have these st- stable backs that they can use in different ways. So that's going to make the running game even harder to defend because if you know you just have to stop Ty Johnson – you know exactly what Ty Johnson's good at, and you can figure out ways to slow that down. But then, okay, we have to know how to stop Ty Johnson. We also have to know what Tevin Coleman's strengths are. We have to know about uh, Pirine. We have to know about uh, Josh Adams and Michael Carter. That That's a lot for defenses to adjust to and to cha- be able to change the tempo on them 
and to be able to just wear the defense down. How many times have you watched a football game and the announcers are talking about the offensive line wearing down the defense? Um, Being able to run the ball, pound it over and over again with this type of stable of backs that's going to change up tempo and beat you in different ways is going to go a long way to achieving that success. Zach Wilson a bit up and down again, which has been the trend, but that's okay. Again, he's trying things. One of his passes got batted down at the line of scrimmage, but he had some really nice passes. One that was to Keelan Cole ended up being incomplete, but it was dropped. It wasn't Wilson's fault. And then Corey Davis, once again, making himself a factor and picking up some first downs. One of the big things that you heard Tim Jenkins talk about from the preseason game with the Jets and the Giants was Zach Wilson's ability to pick up first downs. Again, he was facing a vanilla defense, but it was nice to see him be able to move the chains. He was doing that in practice, and Corey Davis was one of his primary weapons. I think we're going to see a lot of that in the regular season, Chris. Corey Davis is going to be one of his main security blankets. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, you know, the the phrase about uh, tight ends are a quarterback's best friend. Well, Corey Davis is going to be Zach Wilson's best friend. Um, he, he's not going, you know, he'll run some deeper routes, but he's going to do a lot of intermediate stuff, and he's going to find his way open uh, and open just enough because that's Corey Davis is somebody who can get absolutely can get separation. I, uh, that it's not like. Um, getting separations a weakness of him, but he doesn't need to have separation to be able to make the catch either. He knows how to use his body very well, how to box out, how to position himself so he can still make the play and make tough catches. So he is absolutely going to be somebody that Zach Wilson's going to lean on and rely on. If he if has to just make a snap, quick second decision, he's probably going to trust going to Corey Davis more than he's going to be able to trust a, a lot of other people, including including Elijah Moore. Now Elijah Moore is a, a little more explosive, so he can probably um, do some things to get more open, and Zach will be able to find that. But uh, Corey Davis is definitely going to be a security blanket for him. And then another thing I don't think we have talked about enough, and you can see this. Um, some in the, the game against the Giants is his run blocking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have uh, receivers that can run block. They will continue to lean on that as well. So that will help uh, the running game on the outside as well. Chris, one guy that's been a bit under the radar is Josh Malone. I don't expect him to make the roster, but he had a really nice day today. I think he might be a prime <clears throat> practice squad candidate if somebody else doesn't pick him up, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd see them stashing. Usually they stash a couple receivers there. So um, I, w- I would wouldn't be surprised at all. He looked he had a really impressive camp last year. Of course, that was a little more easier to stand out there because the, the receiving group wasn't very good, and he was getting like first team reps like consistently, a day after day. Just especially at the beginning when uh, you know they had to bring in Chris Hogan, and he was getting the first team reps right right off the bat as well because they were just so thin there. But he, he looked good then, and he's, he's had a solid camp as well. Um, you, you know, somebody like him, uh, Lawrence Cager is another guy that I could definitely see them trying to stash and try to develop. He's definitely not ready to contribute um, in a meaningful way this year with this on, on this depth chart, but so a player that they could still look to to develop and, and hope to get the most out of down the road. 
Chris, right now there is a video circulating. It's Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers talking on the sidelines. SNY has it. And it's mostly just Rodgers talking to Wilson. And I'm trying to read lips. I'm pretty sure that what Aaron Rodgers is saying to Zach Wilson is, yeah, so it starts a little slow in season one. But once you really get to start to know Stringer Bell and Avon Barksdale, The Wire becomes such an incredible show that you just can't stop watching. And once you get to season four, my God, it's some of the best television you've ever seen. I'm telling you, youngster, you got to watch it when you have a chance. I know that you grew up in Utah, so you probably didn't have HBO but you got to go and watch The Wire when you get a chance. We got some time between the end of training camp and the beginning of the regular season. I'll even loan you my Blu-rays if you want. I'm pretty sure that's what the conversation was. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm envisioning it more along the lines of, man, I really can't believe what the showrunners of Game of Thrones did to lose <laughs> the plot here. Uh, you know, I was, I was in an episode for that brief moment because it's such a great show all the time, and then they end it with Bran in charge. How is Bran in charge? So uh, I imagine he, he's going on a rant along those lines because, you know, as, as much as I know he's a big fan of The Wire, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is definitely one of those people that, you know, he, uh, the negative stuff sticks with him more than any positive stuff. So I, I'd imagine that he, he's just ranting about how disappointed he is there, especially because, you know, he got that, that brief cameo in there. <laughs> Chris Nimbley, the owner of the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Thanks so much for coming on and talking practice with me. Really appreciate it. Check out everything Chris is doing at JetsInsider.com and follow him on Twitter at CNimbley and at JetsInsider. And check out everything that we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant's got a brand new video up mocking the guy from Giants Wire who says that Aziz Aljilari destroyed Makai Becton. I don't know what game he was watching. Neither does Luke because he shows with video evidence how the opposite was true. Also, Kayla Pace is a brand new video up. Her commentary, Pace's playbook about how the Jets look good in the trenches. Check it out right now on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And go ahead and give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest the greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com it's lunchtime at tim hortons and we're serving up a special deal just for you our new 5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.